Welcome to Laughing Your Mascot. Wait, Catherine, before we start, where are you going to be July 11th at 8 p.m.? I'm going to be at the Duplex in New York City for the Laughing Your Mascot show. You mean the show that features wonderful comedians that you've heard on this very podcast? The very same. And I found my tickets in our Instagram bio at Laughing Your Mascot and on the Duplex website. We will see all of you there. Now on with the pod. Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the witty and debonair Jeff Dillon. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Jeff. Yes, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Oh, it's awesome being here. Got to use all my equipment that you haven't destroyed, Carly. I'm so sorry. Um, some backstory on that. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> I stopped you co-hosted a mic with Jeff and almost immediately spilled a glass of water on himself and everything he brought with him. That's exactly um, Actually, when was that? Was I uh, there? No, you weren't there. Um, that's why I was left unsupervised. <laughs> <laughs> Because contrary to popular belief, I know our podcast listeners don't believe this, but at times Carly and I are not in the same place. It's true. Uh, absolutely accurate. On occasion. Oh. Uh, upon occasion. But yes. All right. Diving right in. Uh, Jeff, what's, where do you, what's where your, where do you come from? Where do you come from? You heard me. Who better. am I? Who, no, but truly like, who are you? What's your like life story? Short version, but as much detail as possible. And then if you could like loop it towards how you ended up doing comedy, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. Start with that. All right. Doing the reason I started doing comedy is I was with a group of group of friends in, in I had just moved to New York City. So I'm my born stuff is I'm a lawyer. Went uh, I went to DC for law school moved to New York, started working at a big law firm. Uh, that became pretty boring very quickly. Had a, uh, Always people were like, Jeff, you know, you're so funny and you're so awesome. You're the best. You're the greatest. Uh, you should do comedy one day. And I'm like, eh, I would love to, but that sounds horrifying. And I had a couple friends who I went to college with who moved to New York and they were like, we're about to start. We're going to do comedy. And I was so much funnier than them and hated them so much that I was like, if they actually go through this and I don't, I will kill myself. So uh, that's, so we like all went and did it uh, together and they quit like a weekend. Um, and I just got like addicted to it. This was like 2019. So uh, not that long. I haven't been doing it though. Gotcha. So we, nothing to fuel the fire of starting comedy than not wanting to see people you don't like do comedy literally yep did you have any sort of like inklings earlier about like wanting to possibly get into comedy or was it kind of like I don't know like in a once you grew up kind of got more involved in it yeah no I did when I was little uh and in high school too I had a uh a little notebook that I would like write jokes in it and my uh my younger brothers found it and made me feel so embarrassed and like a loser for it that uh I put it out of my mind for like another 10 years basically but it took a long time to get the like the 
the confidence to do it. It's scary stuff. I don't know how you guys started, but it's like it's so vulnerable to admit, like, oh yeah, I, I think I could. I have the, you know, the confidence to do this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. But that's it's it's always kind of interesting to hear, like you know, because I feel like a lot of people. I don't know. Everyone kind of comes from a different place, and some people are like, I saw this one special, and then I always wanted to be a comedian. You know. Yeah, well, a part of it too, though, is I went to after going to like one open mic. Uh, I think it was it's definitely the like the Laughing Buddha ones or something, and uh, with my friends just to like see it because we're like, and I was like, okay, I could definitely do this. You know what I mean? Like the bar is so low uh, that it that helped. You know what I mean? Totally. I feel like there are two different kinds of inspiration you get from seeing shows and it's either you see people who are so excellent at doing it that you're like wow i would love to do that and then there's also something super reassuring and being like it's so nice to know that me at my worst i won't be the worst one in this room exactly (laughs) no so you had no was getting up for that first time like your first performance experience or did you have any background in any other kind of performance before that good question uh i was a uh, a band kid in high school and a classically trained oboist wait really (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool Uh, that's great i have layers to me you know there's some backstory if you you can pull it out (laughs) um uh so yeah i've been i was like used to being in front of you know performing stuff and being like making sure it was like perfect, you know, and like having super rehearsed things, but doing anything like that wasn't like that, like performing or drama or any of that. Uh, no, no way. I would have been way too scared to do that. Sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but like how, what does being like a classically trained oboist entail? You know, like classical music, doing uh taking lessons learning how to do it and i was about to uh i was auditioning for for colleges i almost majored in music for it and then bailed at the last minute and decided just to like be a normal person would you have been a professional oboist i guess so i mean that's (laughs) and that's where i was like i don't think i could do that uh you know i just like got really good at it and then couldn't uh you know you just kind of do something and eventually you're like okay uh i don't just keep doing the next step and the next step and the next one was to go to 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 like major in it in college and it was as weird as like comedians are and lawyers are and we all are like people in that world are just it's not easy to communicate with them i don't know yeah it's funny i uh I, i was classically trained in piano like forever um like did it all the way through college um and I have a bunch of jokes that I'm working on now which I don't think either of you've heard actually um about just like how like the world of like really intense classical piano is like crazy and like just like such intense like testing and like how like the perfectionism of like I failed an exam one time for using the wrong fingers like you know stuff like that where it's just like so intense and people don't realize um oh, yeah. 
Yeah. But it's funny. I like when I, I went back to my, I started like doing it. I started doing these jokes. So I went back to my hometown for a weekend and saw like a few of my like friends, parents, and they're all like, how's your music career going? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, um, it's affirmatively not going. Um, but hey, yeah, at least piano though, you could pull that out, uh, at parties or around people and yeah, yeah. do some fun stuff with that. Stream. Yeah. Is I, not convenient at parties to uh, I've tried I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. There's not one I just laying in someone's apartment like, oh, maybe I you guys wanna <laughs> guys wanna bring pull it with this you. Out. It's small, it's portable. Uh yeah, that's true. But you put it in a case. Just bring it bring it to like a dinner. Just oh what oh what, what's this? What's this? <laughs> you could do like, you know, in that Saturday Night Live sketch with I think it's Kristen Wiig and Jimmy Fallon, who's like, I don't want to sing. Don't make me sing. Like, <laughs> and like, do, like I feel like you could do that with the oboe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Well, not relating to the oboe. Um, our podcast generally, we talk, we like our overall theme is the like how the pandemic um affect your life and comedy. What were you up to in comedy before the pandemic? If you were, I don't know when you started. Yeah, no, I started the, what was it? The January, like January, 2019. So I had like one year of getting involved and I was doing like one mic and then quickly realizing how intense it is. And that you, I thought I was like, oh, you do once and then, okay, I'll do another one like next month or something, you know, <laughs> but like got really like addicting and fast so I got like you know I was doing it pretty seriously for that whole year and then I got swept up in the uh those uh bringer shows and stuff and was doing one like what was it March 14th like that last weekend and like when things got really bad and I feel like I was you know I felt like I put all my friends lives in danger by going to like it was like the next day they shut down the city so I kind of felt like a dick for that but uh (laughs) I'm sure they all live I don't that's what I'm talking about I'm kidding okay oh my god I got so afraid I was like I thought you were kidding until Carly seemed like she didn't think you were kidding and then I was like can I not read a room I know I thought you were kidding but then in myself I have a really bad habit of laughing when people tell me tragic news (laughs) so I was like if this is real the worst thing I could do right now is be like ha ha anyway um zoom mics um but on that, <laughs> yeah. on that side, exactly now that we know uh we're socially safe um how what did you during like the height of the pandemic with quarantine and everything did you find yourself trying to enter the zoom comedy world like what did you end up doing uh i got addicted to tiktok and loved i was so much more into doing that kind of stuff then I think I tried a couple of Zoom mics and would try to keep it up like once a week or whatever, but it was, it was horrible. I actually sooner for comp, like stand up and stuff, I, once people started doing them in like parks and the outdoor thing, I was more inclined to do that. But no, my, uh, now wife and I, we were like in our apartment and we made, uh, she was a very un, uh, 
she was like a forced actress in a lot of like stupid TikToks that we made together. Uh, but it was actually a lot of fun. We look back on those days pretty fondly of like doing like the dumbest things and just having so much fun with all the little like film. not going viral. I did not make it anything, but I just thought it was so fun. I don't know. Are you guys on that stuff? I am. I'm true. so bad at like anything. It's funny. I literally work in film, but I'm like so bad at. I like I'm not on TikTok or any I'm like and everyone's like you should it's so good for your comedy career I'm sure it's like being good for you um but I'm like so I'm like I don't even know where to begin with it oh my god no it's like first of all it's so user-friendly for I'm in I'm a moron you know with all that and like not yeah I'm millennial you guys are probably more are we all millennials I don't even know Zillennials. <laughs> but anyway, point is, gathering you gotta just—it's the easiest thing in the world, and you don't have to be good at anything. You could be so bad at everything, and do yeah, it's very intimidating. I'm like, I want my TikToks to be good, and then I like think about it, and then I'm like, nope. <laughs> well, like even the worst ones—ones ones that like you know—it's like a guy looking like like this, like yelling at something. And then it just like has like a million views or something. If you could be purposely horrible, then maybe that works too. I don't know. Just yeah. Try it. You know what? Maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is so weird. Yeah. But it's addictive. Yeah. And, and it's really mean. Are you it's still doing so- a lot of videos? You do I see sometimes on, on Instagram. What's that? Are you still doing a lot of videos? When I can, I mean, it, now that like stand up is like started up again, it's like more, probably more fun. Uh, and also, like, if you get really into the video, thing, I found myself like checking my phone like way too much, like feeling all like insecure and weird and reading all the like anti Semitic people yelling at me and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> it can get like really intense. Uh, but yeah, no, I'll make it sometimes. And then on Instagram, as it's, I don't know, I feel like I'm just like giving tips out here. Uh, I would back in the, during, especially during the pandemic, I would find uh, like these meme pages that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and I would DM them my content. That was like super niche. I was like in the big, I was in like the law TikTok world and they were like, this is awesome. And they kept sharing all my stuff. And it was like, it was kind of a, it kind of boosted like my, profile but amongst you know other soulless corporate uh lawyer people but it's just a thing you know you guys want to try like um, whatever you said that um tiktok you were like yeah no people on tiktok are so mean what is probably one of the meanest things somebody said to you on tiktok not like a hate speech one but like one that's like lol like it had to be a little creative like for example somebody once wrote a comment on my video ma'am respectfully you do not have the face for tiktok (laughs) 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 which is one of my favorite comments of all time oh my god uh i wish i don't think i got that uh what one thing i did was i made like one of those like you know, tell me your blah, blah, blah without telling me. And I said it about being, uh, having Jewish parents. Um, and I'm like, not religious or anything, but anyway, I just put this thing out there and 
the top top comment there was like 50 free palestine comments even though i had nothing you know i had nothing to do with it uh which is you know fine but the meanest one was someone said maybe hitler was right um and (laughs) and his yeah uh and what was the other one uh it was like Begone shapeshifter, and his name was like Heinrich Himmler 01. And I tried to like delete it or like, or not delete it, but like report, and like it wouldn't get rid of their stuff. So crazy. Maybe this yeah. is why I'm not on TikTok because <laughs> of the bullies. Uh, yeah. Wild. Still, uh, yeah, that was a that was a nice downer. Um, sorry about that, guys. No, not a downer at all. Everyone need be We're learning about. Um, oh. Okay, so I have a question that is one of sometimes we just throw in random questions just for fun. Yeah. Um, so, what's the weirdest dream or nightmare that you remember having? Uh. Hey, hey, hey. I can tell you one that I recently recovered while you think that I recently uncovered in my own life. We're going through like old family videos and there's a video where I was like three and my dad was telling me about, he was like, yeah, you've had a lot of nightmares lately, right? Like you had that nightmare that daddy turned into a vacuum cleaner and vacuumed off your fingers. (laughs) Um, And I was like probably two or three. <laughs> yeah. And then I was bobbing around and I was like, wait, did you guys watch the Teletubbies? Do you guys remember the Nunu from the Teletubbies? Heck yeah. Like big like vacuum cleaner looking thing and it slurped up the whatever. Um and then I was like, no, Dad, it wasn't a vacuum cleaner, it was a Nunu. <laughs> like from the Teletubbies. So for example, now uh, No, I was one of those like kids who had like those night terrors things and would like actually think that there was like dead people in my room like super late at night like uh I think I like think where I grew up was haunted too um why and I probably because there was like you know floating spirits around my bed you know like (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding um Some people we've had literally people on the podcast who are like I lived in a haunted house and I saw a haunted cat like oh my gosh TBT that's true oh, that's very podcast. I had no I grew I it was because I the house I grew up in had like a boiler room or something where I in my bed like near my bedroom I think and it would be like a knocking sound or something but I'm trying to think like I'm in a specific one but I don't really have a good one I'm sorry well just in lieu of in lieu of an answer, or if you think of one randomly, I right. also in in. Well, you see, I'm very weird in my sleep because I have a lot of anxiety, sleep walking, talking, and then <laughs> weird dreams. But no, one of the weirdest dreams I ever had is when I was like a child. I used to have I, I was really like the, this is like seven or eight. I was really obsessed with like people taking over my mind and mind control and like dystopian societies. So like. I remember at age seven, I had this nightmare that cartoon characters that I had seen 
hypnotized everyone in the world but me and had broken into my house and were trying to get me, but I was just trying to get us all to safety, but nobody else was of conscious thought but me. Then I woke up. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> that was like the first mind control, like everyone's minds controlled but me <laughs> nightmare I had that I re- recall. Wait, that's like a really... In, like that's like that's like storylines upon storylines yeah what's funny is i don't often remember my dreams but when i do and i tell people they're like i wish you didn't um they're nice and weird i just i felt the need to share uh in this <laughs> question asking moment apparently and we all know um, a little bit more about carly and nothing new about jeff nothing uh, new. yeah jeff oh, do you, classic do you have like I, I was gonna say like do you have a most interesting night terror story no, what, <laughs> what? What's like an interesting night terror story? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, scariest stuff would be like I like I'd have like guys. If I tell you, I'm gonna open up like a world of stuff I've like put down in therapy. Like, what's gonna happen here? I don't know. Oh my gosh! No, you're so you guys okay. are freaking me. <laughs> You truly don't have to. Did share. you ever have imaginary friends? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, well, what were they like? Uh, okay, no. Here's the night terror story. Before I get into that, um, <laughs> I woke up to my younger brothers. They're twins. They're identical twins. Um. And I've seen them sleep walking together uh, in kind of in basically like the like the shining fashion and like like having two little kids like standing outside uh, your door and like them not remembering it. And I don't know if I was dreaming or they were dreaming. I don't know. I mean, like if it was real, but I think that's probably one of the freakiest things you could ever see. Does that happen frequently? Uh, no. <laughs> that would be a problem if that was like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like, yeah, well, they were like, yeah, that was probably the scariest, scariest thing. I think I imagined it, but I don't know. Can you imagine? That tracks. Well, that does sound freaky. That would give me terrors as well. Absolutely. Mm. Even if my two non-twin sisters did that, I think you have I two would... sisters. I have two sisters, but they're not twins. Oh no, Carly, one. you're an only child. <laughs> oh, Carly is Sorry. The same only as me. Oh yeah, I know. You... I have two younger sisters. Oh, I, I just assumed only child. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't know. What yeah, does you know. that mean? <laughs> if, <laughs> if I was right, though, it would have been really funny. But it would have been super funny if you were right. <laughs> it would have been crazy. We're literally only friends because we both have two younger sisters. That's like how Honestly. we literally why we became friends. Like at so the we group. all we're all the oldest. Yeah, yeah. And you have two two brothers who are the same as us, but in reverse and opposite. They're your age, I think. Ninety six, or you say ninety seven? Ninety seven. Yeah. They're older than you guys. Okay. Do they live in the city? Should we all hang out? Yeah, you guys would all get along with them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
will be like, hey, did you make it up or did Jeff? <laughs> we'll get the hard hitting answers. Podcast oh, yeah. goes road. Yeah, Sorry, we heard all about you on our podcast. Yeah. That'd be cool. Did they come to your shows? Uh, one of them used to do it comedy with me. Then really? the other tried. Yeah, he tried for like a couple weeks. The other one did tried it once. Uh, we've like definitely all like constantly make jokes to each other or like come up with stuff, you know, just like stupid things with each other. Uh, but yeah, no, they they've come to more than yeah, they've come to a bunch of stuff. One of them comes to DTT all the time because he lives right by it. Well, what a perfect segue, in fact, to title card post pandemic comedy not like post but like in this weird we're not in locked you know you know what i mean just you did a little Probably you uh, should have committed i should have how have things been for you in comedy since things have opened back up and you just mentioned uh dtut uh so feel free to sprinkle that in i'm sure we'll have more questions about that branch in a mo yeah in a mo is that a moment? A moment. Oh, okay. I've never heard that either. Yeah. I regret nothing. <laughs> hey, uh, that might stick. Okay, so uh yeah, post all that, got back into it, was telling. Uh now all of a sudden I find myself with like three open mics that I host or co-host with Aiden. Um that were like i don't know very surprised to me that this is where what we're at right now with like producing uh comedy stuff um our there was like a line of people who were doing things just like other comedians who you know as you get you become friends with people and they say oh uh you know we're doing this mic and then now uh this person can't do it anymore can you do it and that went through like a chain of like four or five people who all like couldn't do it anymore. And then it finally landed to me as like their like sixth choice. That's basically <laughs> the, the story of it. But the person who did it was hosting it right before us was uh, Vanessa Jackson, who I'm sure you guys know. Um, Been on the podcast. She has, it's true. So as you know, she got called up straight from DTUT to SNL. So it's kind of like a feeder place, I'd say, you know, so I'm kind of waiting for my, we'll be there for a little bit and then probably get called up. Uh, but when she couldn't do it anymore, uh, the venue wanted, uh, uh, they were letting us do it. Uh, and then Aiden, through his, Irish connections to like everybody in New York City and their their random you know every bar is run by like three Irish people he's just like expanded our our little empire <laughs> and he just keeps saying like this place wants to do it this place wants to do it and I'm like I'm exhausted but Are they uh, all Irish people all the venues basically yeah that's like the connection the guy who does the Jack Diamonds bar. Uh, he's the bartender there, was the bartender at DTUT. Then they moved down there. Uh, DTUT stands for Downtown Uptown 
Uh, should I, I'm going to read off a little card here. Downtown, uptown, on the Upper <laughs> East Side. Uh, come by every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great time. An RGT, a real great time. Good um, one, Carly. Thank you. That one I actually do say a lot, but people. An RGT. I feel like we're. Are we, are we like on aim right now? All right. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> With um the DTAP mics and stuff, maybe you mentioned it, and if you did, sorry. But so had you and Aiden how did you guys meet each other and start working together because you really have kind of built like you were saying you kind of started building this big um mic web <laughs> uh, you will we used to hang we used to go to the same uh mic it was at Stella and fly before the pandemic uh and we were like in the same circle of people doing open mics um but when they said, uh, I had a couple friends who were, who helped basically hooked up the Nesso with it. And they were like, there was like a group chat that was like, Jeff, you want to do this? Aiden said he was interested in doing this. Would you guys want to do it together? So like, that's how we like, then before then I've said like two words to the guy. So then after that, we like all got along and he's, what's helpful is like, he's married and his wife and my wife have gotten to like become friends. And they were like a last minute, like uh invite to our wedding which i thought they would turn down but they went um that's so fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's actually it's quite nice it makes it like a fun little like little scene there but um yeah i forgot even what you were saying yeah that's just like how and then he does he's like the uh i'm just like the the talent and good looks but he's he sets up like all the things with the venues and things very cool and Aiden will come on the podcast soon too yeah great I hope he talks about me the whole time as much as I've talked about him I we will prompt it don't worry we'll be like what are your feelings (laughs) on Jeff (laughs) fine well you'll have to put subtitles for his because good luck and good luck understanding him that's fair point um okay so uh we are approaching the end of our podcast and one of the questions we like to ask towards the end is um what is some advice you would give to someone looking to get into comedy or conversely what is the best advice you have ever received um i feel like i am not in a position to give advice uh, <laughs> but uh, that's, I would, that's a lot of people that hasn't stopped before right <laughs> yeah that's, so <laughs> that's like unbelievably true carly's oh laughing because there are a lot of people that have been interesting no tea no shade no tea no shade just oh, interesting. Oh, all right. Well, when you, I want to hear this later, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, people similarly situated to me having a high, like, stress job and things like that, I think pacing yourself is the advice I would give because, like, I think it's really easy to get swept up in doing like a million mics doing a million things and you and it's probably true you gotta do as much stuff as you can and get repetitions or whatever but uh i think it's been really helpful to not burn out for me to like 
take, you know, be more strategic about things. And uh, I remember going to like, I don't know if you guys are into like, people are like, yeah, it's like my sixth mic today. And uh, yes, went to this one at like 3 p.m. And I'm like, how do you do that? And then they go and they're like, oh, I don't really know what I want to talk about today. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't have to kill yourself. Um, so take it easy and, and make it, you know, pace yourself, I guess is my, my advice. I think that is good advice too, because Carly and I talk about this a lot, where like, you're so told, like, like go to every mic, like 15 reps a week is the amount you're supposed to do. And I, like, when I first started comedy, it was very, like, how many mics can I get in one day? And now, and then I look back on it and it's like, I would go to seven out of the 11 mics doing like the exact same material without even a little bit of anything changed. Cause it was just like reps for the sake of reps. Um, and that's a very uh, difficult and kind of unproductive lifestyle. Like, I guess I was seen around a lot, but like, I don't know what that did for me. Hey, that's a good point. And hosting mics, it's been the greatest way to meet people. I have not, since doing that, I've like met all these people that I feel like also before hosting one would like, I would feel like I had wanted nothing to do with me. <laughs> and now I just, uh, you know, now I feel like more in the scene without having to go to a gajillion, you know? Yeah. Sure. Definitely. Don't you guys do that or host something or you do us? We have our or show. Just... Yeah. Mm. That's our laughing your mask off show based off of our podcast of the same thing your mask off which by the way listeners our next show is on july 11th <laughs> best be there because it's gonna be be bopping if i may it's gonna be a wow. time. how can i buy tickets <laughs> purplepass.com the link is in our instagram bio it's laughing your mask off on instagram it's gonna yeah. be like how we're promoting our own show on our own show you should do paid promotions or not paid promotions what's it called when like they sneak a coke can into the back of the scene product placement product placement like we should do product placement for laughing at mask off in our own <laughs> podcast no but like i guess because i guess product placement in a podcast would have to be by voice where like instead of being like lol we would have to be like lymo <laughs> oh yeah, be, like, yeah subliminal messaging good idea carly you're so smart <laughs> guys yeah. Catherine's gonna leave me after this show it's the end of carly and my friendship um anyway carly do you have anything else on this or should we wrap up i think uh, our time is running down so we have to wrap up but before we go jeff is there anything you want to promote uh social media shows anything where can our audience find you okay so to find the, the comical musings of Jeff Dillon, you can find uh, I'm Jeff Dillon, Jeff F, Jeff with three Fs, D-Y-L-A-N is my Instagram. And then Stand Uptown is our uh, comedy mic and show uh, uh, Instagram page where we post all the signups and you can DM me. To, to beg to get on our open mic list and I'll just say yes and I'll feel I feel way too sad to say no so we have a billion people and our shows take seven hours so you should do you should come it's awesome thank you so much for coming on the podcast yes th thank you for coming on thank you for having me thank you for listening to laughing your mask off if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave a good review to keep up with our hosts 
follow Catherine at Catherine.Cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week. <laughs>